So today we're going to be talking about leadership. And today I have my son, Joshua Jaramillo, who is also the associate pastor of Expect a Miracle Ministries. And as we're just going to be talking about leadership, and one of the biggest things that I was thinking about and um, putting this together is that not only is um, Joshua a pastor and a leader, but he is also a pastor and a leader at a young age. And so um, some of these qualities and different things that we're talking about, it does come with time and it does come with age, but I believe that it also is a personal choice and a personal decision as someone walks with Christ on how they're going to take on this maturity. So one of the biggest things that um, when it comes to leadership, I was really thinking about the word consistency. And consistency to me is a leadership quality because you have to have um, you have to constantly be applying yourself as a leader. What do you think about consistency, Josh? You know, I think it's important because especially being in ministry my whole life, you know, the one thing that brings a lot of confusion, that brings a lot of stress and, you know, chaos is inconsistency. And but the consistency, people know and they could read you and they could depend on you because of that consistent lifestyle. So I believe it's some a characteristic that we need in our life, you know, to better our walk with Christ, because no one likes to constantly be guessing about what's happening next. You know, we're starting to get in a time where everybody's planning, everybody's trying to figure stuff out. And that's something about consistency is, you know, we're learning how to do things and be more effective through that. And kind of like our lifestyle, something that I would say. And also the character consistency, um, because most of the leadership that we are talking about is when it comes to pastoral or, um, you know, when it comes to religious leaders. And I believe also the consistency of uh, the religious walk, booth, their walk with Christ, their um, decision to follow Christ. I believe in the consistency of that. And, you know, of course, we're not perfect. We all fall short. But I also believe that a leadership and leadership skills require the consistency with their walk with God. What are your thoughts on that? It's very important, especially being such at a younger age, you know, jumping into this whole having a now position and a title over my life. You know, it's it seems like the moment you receive any type of title in ministry, in a church, you know, or even in an organization, the moment you're given that title, all eyes are on you. Everybody's looking at you. Everybody's watching you. You know, they're just not watching you in the moment of, let's say, doing ministry or preaching or teaching. They're looking at on how you live your life. And inconsistency, if we're not living our life consistent, not only behind the pulpit, but also as we're shopping or putting in gas, that consistency has to be there. You know, in other words of transparency, they know who I am on stage is the same person I am off, you know, and I believe that's something that we do need to be consistent because we meet so many people in life that they're two different people, you know, in their position and another person when they're away from their position and God can't use somebody like that. You know, he needs somebody who is going to be that consistent individual that they are who they are everywhere they go. 
And so then that takes us to the big word of integrity. Integrity is like you're saying um, you're the same person, whether it's behind the pulpit, whether it's, you know, in a group meeting, whether it's at home. Um, integrity is so important. And one of the things that I'm seeing now, especially not just in leadership in, in churches or um, religious leaders, but also, you know, um, country leaders and statewide leaders is the lack of integrity, the lack of what you say you're going to do or the lack of what you believe in you do. And so, you know, integrity can be a huge thing and um, understanding that also the integrity because people can see people watch like you said they they watch you whether you're at the grocery store or whether you're putting gas they're watching for that integrity you know and I have a lot of people that won't come up to us right away they'll kind of watch to see how we're going to act and then they'll come up and say hey and I believe that everybody watches for that integrity what are your thoughts on integrity it shows who that individual is you know having that integrity of they're going to be respectful. They're going to be who they are. You know, we live in a world where there's so much fakeness. You know, everybody choose to, chooses to be somebody around certain people. And that integrity is what's going to build that trust. It's going to build that bond. Because you never want to be working alongside somebody that doesn't have integrity for their life. Because then you never know what you're going to get, what you're going to receive from that person. And, and it, like I said, it's very important to have because so many people lack that in their life. You know, it's, you meet them and you find out they go to church and then you meet them somewhere else. And you're like, man, outside of ministry, outside of the church, outside of, you know, your walk with God, where people see you, I would have never thought you were even saved to begin with. And how could we be this light to this dark world if we're only going to have integrity when are people that are with Christ and but again whenever we're away from those people it should also still be there and I believe that a lot of the integrity comes with what you feel yourself and what you you know what you input yourself one of the things as a leader we always you know teach whatever whatever you fill yourself up with is going to flow from you and so the integrity of a leader is that understanding that you know, even though eyes aren't watching you, even though people aren't watching you, if you're not constantly filling yourself up with things that are going to help you as a leader, or with things that are going to help you as a believer of Christ, then what's going to happen is that, you know, it's going to flow from within you and, and out into the people that you're leading. And so, you know, with the integrity, I believe that a lot has to do with, you know, what you do behind closed doors in order to help yourself grow. Yeah, what you're consuming, you know, when, that's something I do all the time. Whenever I go up to, you know, preach or teach, I always ask God, God, begin to remove the filth from my life, you know, continue to change my life, because that is something I strongly believe is whatever's inside of you is what's going to be poured out. We could put this fake facade of this is who I want people to see me as, but that doesn't work whenever you are preaching to somebody, teaching somebody, or trying to invest into somebody's life. You can't give them what you want them to see. You're going to give them who you are. And that's, like I said, that's something I do every time I go to share with somebody. I always got to double check my heart because I don't want any bitterness. I don't want any unforgiveness. I don't want any, you know, frustration to be transferred into that person. We're called to help individuals. We're called to be there for them, to help them grow. And how as a, somebody with a title and a position, 
you know, how could we do what we do every single day, knowing we're just pouring out death, pouring out, you know, all this stuff that's not going to better their life, but actually ruin their life. And that's why it's more, you know, to our responsibility, we have to know what we're consuming in daily. And, and we have to work on that and be aware of that. We can't just be an individual that is just filling ourselves with so much of the world and going to fill five minutes of the word or 10 minutes of the word. We have to constantly be filling ourselves because again, we don't pour out what we want them to see. We pour out what's truly there. And one of the uh, really strong statements I've heard was be more worried about your character than your reputation. And I believe this statement is, is really intense because uh, you know, especially with social media, especially with likes and not likes and all of that, that people begin to be more worried about their reputation. And character is who you are. Character is 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 who, what makes you. And character is also, you know, the, the sanctification process of becoming more like Christ. And your reputation can come and go with whoever decides to have an opinion about you. And so one of the things is, that, you know, with character, you know, you're going to have to make decisions that people aren't going to like. So it might kill your reputation for five minutes or or that statement might not get 9,000 likes. But if you're more worried about your character versus your reputation, then you're always going to have that integrity. You're always going to have that consistency because you're worried more about your character versus what everybody else is saying. Yeah, I, I heard this thing from this one pastor and he shared, whenever you die and you go into heaven, you know, the words we read in scripture says, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, leaders and leadership. And the thing is, is so many people are striving for that reputation. They're striving for that position. And whenever you die and go to, you know, and you're at those gates about to be judged, Jesus doesn't look at you and say, oh, you know, well done, my good and faithful pastor. Well done, my good and faithful usher, worship leader. He says, my servant. And, and, and the thing is, is if we're trying to build our reputation, then we have this mindset that it's our reputation that gets us to heaven. And that's not true. God looks at the heart. God sees who we are. And if we are more worried about our reputation, we're missing the whole entire point. It's our character that's going to make the impact. Because living in, in a world that we do, we're learning how to, you know, kind of have an idea of who's being fake with us and who's being real and the character is who you're always going to be you know like how we said behind those closed doors and I, I think about that it's like we have to stop trying to chase a reputation we have to push more effort of changing who we are you know I always share with the men and the women in the home you know if you come in just trying to change the mask that you're wearing you know what happens the moment you leave you're able to hang that mask right back up right where it was and who you are your character is still the same person that you walked in with because you never took the time to change the character you always just try to change the reputation that you were building in the home of oh look i have these worth ethics or i'm able to do this or that but the, again it's the character that sticks with us every single day of our life it's who we are behind those closed doors and that's something we have to remind ourselves stop focusing on the reputation, start focusing on the character. Like you said, people are going to get mad. If God wanted us to please people, he would have gave us a different job. 
You know, we would be serving ice cream or we'd be doing something that brings a smile to people. But God never said, you know, to worry about that reputation. He even says specifically, people are what? They're going to hate us. People are going to despise us. People are going to be angry with us. But again, he reminded us to understand that what? That they first hated him. They first despised him. And that's why, in turn, we get all the the hate and the anger towards us lashed out on us is because why we're trying to build our character and not our reputation. Right. Because if we think about Christ, you know, he was not worried about his reputation because there in the end, everybody was against him to the point of his death. And so his biggest concern was his character and pleasing his father and doing what was right and not what was liked. And I think that you know, as a leader, we understand that the choices that we make have to be right. They have to be right. We have to have the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we have to be in prayer and make the decisions that are not always the most popular, but what are right. And as a good leader, that takes courage because um, courage is such a big word when it comes to leadership, because I believe a lot of people want to lead when it's fun. You know, we all want to lead a fun game. We all want to lead, you know, um, a basketball team if they're winning. We all want to lead, you know, um, a group that is, you know, everybody's popular. Nobody wants to lead a situation that is hard and and that isn't going to work out right away or takes a lot of work or, um, you know, or the basketball team that isn't winning. And so I believe that leadership takes a lot of courage because you have to make those decisions that not everybody's going to like. Yeah, and I believe, you know, our Christian movies that have been released kind of painted a bad image for us, meaning we look at all these movies, The Passion of the Christ, and all these, you know, faith-based movies, and whenever they show Jesus walking down, you got all these people yelling, oh, Jesus, Jesus, all excited, all happy, like if Jesus is this, you know, winning the popularity contest, but in reality, you know, there's not many people even cared for Jesus. Not many people even like Jesus. Think about all the disciples that he went around and was building. He, he said, come follow me. So what is that? That's somebody's son. That's somebody's, you know, uncle. That's somebody's, you know, someone that was important in their life. And what do they do? They just dropped everything that they were doing and stopped to follow a man named Jesus. How many people did that anger? How many people did that frustrate? And, and, like I said, I believe these movies kind of messed up the way we view Jesus. We view Jesus as he was his most liked person. Not even the Pharisees, you know, and the people that were trying to capture him knew who Jesus was. They had to point it out through a betrayal of a kiss. You know, he had to use one of his disciples that spent day after day investing into his life to betray who Jesus was by kissing him. Because, again, he wasn't popular. A lot of people liked him. We see these movies where everybody's like, come do this. And like you said, willing to make those tough choices. You know, we read stories over and over again, even with the father, with the child that's sick. He's like, you know, my my child is dying. You know, please come. And Jesus is walking. You know, any one of us as a parent, our kids are dying and they're on their last days. We're probably freaking out. We need to hurry. We need to do this. We need to do that. But Jesus is making the decision to what? Just to continue on his journey at a normal pace. Because why? You know, he wasn't there to please the person. What is he trying to do? He's trying to build faith. Because in this world, we're constantly looking for the fast outcome. 
the fast outcome doesn't build faith. The fast outcome, you know, we're always going to think that it's just going to happen fast over and over again. But again, when we look through scripture, there was a lot of waiting seasons in people's life. And it's being a leader to what? To make that dis- that difficult decision that, hey, this just might be a season of waiting. This might be a season that we're going to have to take things slow. And people don't like that. People like things fast. That's what that's our society we live in. Everybody wants everything right now, you know, within minutes. But God doesn't work that way. And you said something that was important that brought to mind um, because there is a lot of leadership material and there is a lot of leadership podcasts and there's a lot of leadership online and, you know, just studying about it. It just, you know, millions of, of you know, things come up. And one of the things that I noticed is that, you know, people can really feel like, you know what, I'm just going to study, I'm going to study, I'm going to study, I'm going to study, and I'm going to be the best leader. And studying and learning and having a teachable spirit is more is really important. But the most important thing that happens to help you to become that leader is time and trials and, and, you know, just God working in your life and allowing you to go through things where you have to learn and you have to learn to make better decisions or you've had to learn to endure. And it's like you said, people want, um, you know, leadership and title and position and they want to just, you know, shove all this, you know, my knowledge in, but they don't understand that it does take time and it takes going through it and it takes being under pressure and being, you know, um, and making bad decisions and making wrong choices. And, you know, and it is, it is a process. Leadership is a process. And I believe that a lot of people are put into leadership a lot earlier than they're ready for it. And and it's true. You know, so many people are, in dire need of having to keep their people that they're willing to make the wrong mistake of putting them in that leadership faster because they don't want to lose them. And, and I think about it, it's God needs those that are willing to go through thick and thin. God doesn't want these wimpy Christians that are going to give up when the going gets tough. You know, it, it, it's God wants to develop a backbone within us and, and something for like even myself, you know, I remember when I first received that title as a pastor at a very young age, I believe it was like 21 years old, and the enemy used to always say, it's like, how could God use you? You're so young. How could God, you know, begin to give you that authority over people that are older you, people that have been saved longer and all this stuff? And I used to always think about that, and I had talked to a, another young pastor at one point because it was getting to me, and they began to share, they were like, you just got to understand that you have an advantage that not even Jesus had. You know, he's like, if you look at the story of Jesus, Jesus started his ministry a lot later. And he was like, and he did some amazing things, great things. But in this period of time, and he's like, but look at you, God is giving you the opportunity to what? To now become this leader at a very young age. But think about through all the time in your training and all the time, you know, that you have more of, you know, how much more you're going to do, how much more good you're going to do. Because, again, we don't get into this just so we could start, you know, being this great person with, you know, 10,000 views on YouTube or Instagram likes and all this stuff. No, you start from the bottom. All these people that are making an impact started from nothing. You know, many of these churches that are now mega churches impacting the world 
if you read their story, many of them started within a barn that had no electricity. Some of them started within their garage, you know, with their floodlights exploding in the middle of service, you know. But again, willing to put in that that time, willing to put in that those seasons of waiting, those seasons of are we going to make it to next week, you know, but still stood their ground, still held on. You know, you see God using their lives because why? They were willing to be committed to God and not looking for the easy way out. And all of the things that you're describing there um, takes us back to, you know, consistency, integrity, and courage, because us as leaders, and especially as, um, you know, leaders when it comes to ministry and and leaders and, and followers of Christ, our goal is to be an influence and to draw others to Christ. And so the thing is, is that you're talking about this and you're talking about how they first began with nothing. And if they didn't have these characteristics, then they wouldn't be as successful as they are because the goal is to influence. And so if you're going to influence, again, going back to whatever's in you is going to come out. So if you don't have the influence of vision or if you don't have the influence of being steadfast or if you don't have the influence, you know, of just going through the fire and still continually following Jesus, then you're not going to lead the people to that. You cannot give what you don't have. And so that that takes me back to the best leaders are self-leaders. Because if you cannot lead yourself, then you cannot lead somebody else. And I think about in Timothy with, you know, the requirements of what a pastor and a leader, you know, that they must take care of their own family. They must, you know, be a husband of one wife. And, and there's this criteria, but what it's basically describing is self-leadership. And, and, and it's crazy because having that self-leadership is basically basically having self-discipline and we live in a world where everybody's afraid to discipline because they don't want to hurt their feelings they don't want to you know push people away but again that discipline is what instills in us to develop that self-discipline because if we're not forced to you know change because of our leaders we're never going to have the drive to even want to change ourselves because that's something I always remind myself is who do I want to be disciplined by do I want to be disciplined by God or man, and, and, you know, taking one step further, why wait for somebody else to discipline me when I could fix the problem myself? So many people are constantly waiting for people to change them when God is saying how much easier your life would be if you just had the self-discipline and say, you know what, I'm going to put in the work, I'm going to put in the headaches, the heartaches, you know, to make the decision to change myself. And it's something we do need as a leader we have to be willing to guide ourselves and discipline ourselves and teach ourselves. And it's going to, nobody wants to do that because it takes an effort, you know, staying up till four o'clock in the morning, writing down a teaching or creating a teaching or, you know, listening to messages, whatever the case may be, because whenever you're more likely at that leadership position, you lose time on, you know, what you could do for yourself because now you have responsibilities. Now you got things to do. Now you got to go run this errand and run that errand. So it's having that self-discipline say, man, I'm finally done with all my tasks throughout the day. It's late. It's probably midnight, but I'm going to have that self-discipline to what? To continue to grow, continue to learn something else, continue to learn something new. That's something our leadership that has instilled in us 
is learn something new every day. It doesn't even have to be spiritual, but as long as you are learning something new every day, you keep that teachable spirit within your life, you know, healthy and alive. Because why? You're pushing yourself to learn every single moment of your life. Whether you think you might be good in that area, you're still willing to learn something new in that area. It's something we need to be disciplined to say, man, I'm going to grow and continue to grow to the day I die. So I just want to thank you again for listening. Um, it's just been a really good talk with Pastor Joshua Jaramillo, um, who, again, is my son. So that that makes it more fun. And so, you know, I just want to thank you for listening. And I just want to thank you for, you know, hearing us out about leadership, because I believe that leadership is important. And even if you're not leading a congregation or a Bible study, you know, you are a leader in your home. And if you have children, though they're watching. And if you're an older sister or an aunt, you know, there's always a situation where you're leading. And, you know, God wants us to grow in leadership and the greatest ways to do that is to be consistent and have integrity and courage. So I just want to thank you again.